You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Titan Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host, Adam Brubaker. You know, it, it feels really good to be back doing this podcast. I really did mention it. So I want to say thanks again to all those who promoted and supported me that reached out to me and said they missed the podcast. I'm glad to be back here. I'm going to go over a specific area in the park today, Biscuit Basin, which is a great spot in the park. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second. We'll get into that. Last week, if you were listening to the the last episode on waterfalls, you would have heard that I talked about a giveaway from Think Tank Photo. Well, I have those items in my possession. I have, and it's actually really neat, uh, this bag here. You know, it's not it's a smaller bag. It's a shoulder or a crossbody bag, so it's like a shoulder bag. And it's... Uh, it's a new bag they actually haven't released yet online. I was just looking at it. It's perfect for a you know a DSLR and an extra lens or a flash. Uh, has some extra pockets on the side. But uh, the neatest thing about it is the technology they use with a magnetic clasp to close it, rather than having zippers or uh, buttons or anything else. So it's 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 a nice bag. So I have two of those, and then the Think Tank photo has these what they call pixel pocket pixel pocket rockets. Say that ten times fast, and they're a cart. They're for holding SD cards, and so I've I've been using one of these for over a year now. They're great. They have six slots in there, whole different size uh, cards. But let me tell you, on this um, Speed Top, it's a Speed Top Ten is the bag. The value on this thing is $130, and so we're giving away two of those. I'm going to talk more about that at the end of this episode, so I'll go to the end of the episode after I'm done, and I'll I'll give you the the ways that you can enter to win this. It's actually going to be quite simple, but, uh, but first, let me get into Biscuit Basin. Biscuit Basin, I like Biscuit Basin. It's a smaller geyser basin, and there's a couple reasons I like it and I like to visit. One of it is a tour guide. It's logistics. When you get to Biscuit Basin, you have cell phone coverage, so you can call Old Faithful. So if, you know, a lot of times I'll go visit wildlife in like Hayden Valley first and see the waterfalls. And I call before I leave to find out when Old Faithful is going off. And I, you know, have an idea, but I'll kind of miss a lot of the geyser basins until I get to Biscuit Basin. And that way I'm there, I'm comfortable, I'm close to Old Faithful, just a couple miles, which is great as well if you're coming in from the park, you know, I guess from the west entrance or from, or if you're doing the loop and you're headed towards Old Faithful, it's just a good place to know. Even if you're leaving Old Faithful, you know, that's the last place you're going to have service as you're going north. So it's it's one of those good things for me is logistically Biscuit Basin has service. The other thing I like, and I really started using Biscuit Basin a lot in the wintertime, on my tours, and that's because it has some great features, some really neat features that I like to visit. Kind of the top three for me are Sapphire Pool, Jewel Geyser, and West Geyser. It's because in the wintertime it's cold, and so these are good areas where you can get out to one, two, maybe the third one, and you have these turnaround points. It's like if you're cold, you know, we hit this, you can go back, I'm gonna go to this next one, and it, it's nice because it's one of those that it's uh, easier for a lot of people to walk around it 
Um, the whole boardwalk itself is just over a half mile. I think it's 0. 0.6 miles. So yeah, just over a half mile. Anyways, it's it's just a nice geyser basin, smaller walk. And I think it's a, a great one for kids as well. So anyways, I'm going to talk about Biscuit Basin. Now, general location, as I mentioned, it's just a couple miles from Old Faithful. There's actually a hike through the Old Faithful Geyser Basin that you can do to get here as well. Then if you listen to last week's podcast about the waterfalls, the hike to Mystic Falls actually starts here at Biscuit Basin as well. So let's let's get in. So you're driving into Biscuit Basin. You get into the parking lot, and the th- first thing I'd actually watch out for is Rusty Geyser. Rusty Geyser, it's just a little geyser on the edge of the parking lot. So as you pull in and you start going counterclockwise like you're supposed to following the direction of traffic around the parking lot, kind of right at that first bend on the right-hand side. I mean, it might just look like a pool of water, but it's actually a geyser. And it gets its name because of the rust color to it. But it's just a small geyser. It's The eruptions are frequent. You'll see it quite often if you watch that, just this little geyser going off in the parking lot. You know, I'm going to mention geysers and I'll get excited about Jewel Geyser again when I talk about it. It is it's just incredible to me and I think to people that visit Yellowstone that there's this water that's just all of a sudden coming out of nowhere. Still baffles me. It's like, you know, here it goes again. I mean, like you go to Disneyland and people pay to make these things and in Yellowstone, it just happens naturally. So anyways, Rusty Geyser, uh, as you park and you go, you're going to cross over the bridge. Uh, you're crossing over the Firehole River. The Firehole River, I like to stop and look at this. It's a beautiful little section of river. In the wintertime, I'd actually like to watch this area for otters. Not very common, but they they do show up in this area. I've seen them there a few times in the winter. Uh, you get a, some waterfowl through here, you know, bald eagles flying overhead. But I'm always looking into the river for fish. Uh, you can often see them rising here. If you look down, you can catch them uh, swimming on the river. So that's just me. I like to stop and try to point that out and look for fish. Uh, as you go up the boardwalk here, you're going to run into Black Opal Pool and Black Diamond Pool. Now, both of these pools are you know, the larger murky pools. They kind of have that blue tint to them. And I actually learned, uh, well, first... I go into that. So Black Opal Pool is about 98 degrees. So it's actually a little cooler. Even in the wintertime, you're not getting as much steam off of it as some of these other hotter geysers in the park due to that. And it's neat. You know, this has some nice colors, nice uh, bacteria mat that runs off from these two pools down into the Firehole River. So neat areas. And, you know, it's changed a little bit. Last time I went there, I noted it's Seems to be have, um, now I can't remember. It seems like it's, well, I can't remember if I'm thinking more water or less water. Anyways, it's it had some changes that I've noticed the last few times I've been there. One of the things I always kind of point out here, and it, it's hard to say exactly where this is correct and where it's not, but what it really looks like is between the boardwalk and these pools, there's a series of little holes. In it. You know, that's where bison have stepped over time and have probably broken through some areas. You know, other little things are created. With these pools, what I was going to say earlier is they're murky, I guess milky looking. And I actually learned what that was from. I something I probably should have known. I don't know why I didn't know earlier. Now that I think about it, it's pretty obvious because you have this 
this mineral center, the silica-rich mineral. Uh, it's called silicious center or uh, geyserite. You know, that comes up everywhere. I've talked about this in previous episodes, and that's what forms the the geysers. That's what forms the ring of the hot springs. That's the mineral you see everywhere. Well, that mineral can also be in the hot springs themselves. So you have this the center in the hot springs. It kind of creates this layer, gives it this milky effect, this murky effect. And you'll see that in other places in the park too. For example, porcelain geyser basin. That's why um, really porcelain geyser basin got its name is because of that. And so that's something that's it's neat, something a little different from other hot springs. When you see it kind of that murky where you can't see into the pool. Anyways, it's a blue milky look. I don't know how to describe that, but uh, you know that's what you're looking for on that. And that's why those are that way. It's black opal and then black diamond. Uh, as you continue to go up, the way I heard this boardwalk described is like a, a lollipop, you know, a sucker. You know, it has one line going up, then you got a loop, then you go kind of backtrack, if that makes any sense. So as you continue on that, you know, and I'm going to mention some of the major features. There's features along the way that I'm going to miss or not talk about. There's like many of the other geyser basins, there's, you know, a lot of geysers. Um, some of them are inactive. Others, hot springs are inactive or um, things change a lot. So at one time, a hundred years ago, it was something that was named and it was, you know, spectacular. And now it's like, well, why? It's changed over time, whether it's temperature, colors, all kinds of things. So I'm going to kind of hit some of the highlights that I like to talk about and see in this area. So going up, I'd almost say it's one of my favorite areas here. It's, I would say it's probably my favorite bacteria mat in Yellowstone. And so as you go up past those last two pools, kind of on your left-hand side, which is to the south there, there is some great bacteria mats. Um, you're going to have a, you know quite a bit of orange in there, and it goes into some green. You got the, kind of the gray. One of the things I really like in this area, again, you have that center, that mineral that is deposited and then you have the bacteria or the algae or whatever you want to call that, you know, that's in that area. There's multiple things there that has grown over the top of that. And so you get some kind of some strange formations within that growth that's happening because of the way the, the minerals deposited there. And it's one of those areas in the park. It, you know, I've never seen cor uh, coral in real life. It reminds me of looking at coral. And that's neat. And so you have, and this is one of my go-to places to tell people to watch the colors. Because as the colors change, the temperature changes. You know, the orange is cool and the green is hotter and the blue is the hottest. And this this runoff channel that creates where this bacteria mat is, is actually coming from Sapphire Pool. Now, before I pass on this all the way here, is go up to Sapphire. Watch for the insects in this, the, the flies actually. These flies are living off of the bacteria here. Uh, they will lay their eggs on little outcroppings of rock or, or I guess the, the minerals there and lay their eggs right on there. They're these kind of these pink deposits you see are their eggs. And for whatever reason, in the wintertime, it seems like those, those flies are the most prevalent. And so watch that because you'll see flies right on top of this and then you those draw in spiders, the wolf spiders, which then draw in birds. I've mentioned this in past episodes as well is, you know, you'll get the killdeers will be in this area eating those insects and seeing other things here as well. You get a lot of mountain bluebirds in this area as well. So anyways, check that out. And so as you follow this up, I want to mention again is, you know, you don't want to 
touching you. This is just hot. This is hot water. You know, I mentioned the last pool that I was talking about, like, I can't remember what I said, 85, 90 degrees. You know, relatively, if you were to compare that to something that a cup of hot chocolate or your hot tub and stuff, that's kind of cool. But there's a lot more going on than just the heat. Walking out, there's bacteria mats, um, different minerals, hard minerals in these waters. Uh, and in some places, those that water is hot. For example, as you go up the boardwalk and follow this bacteria mat, turns into this kind of this big area to this stream of green that comes from Sapphire Pool. And you actually walk over this. So there's the stream that's running under the boardwalk. I don't know how many times I've seen people want to bend over and touch that water. You know, it's like 140 degrees right there, that hot water flowing under. And that's going to that's gonna scold, scald you. That's going to burn you. It, it looks alluring. It looks tempting. Don't touch it. Just enjoy it. Take some pictures. I, you know, I'll even, you know, not get down real close to it, but, you know, put your hand out and you'll feel that heat coming up and you'll feel the, that heat, that moisture coming off the temperature. I mean, though it's hot. Anyways, as you go up from there, this is where Sapphire Pool is. Now, Sapphire Pool is just an, is an incredible pool. I love the colors. It's definitely one of those that, you know, you think that you've gone into uh, the Caribbean or something with the the way the water looks. This water is just, it's like crystal clear. And in the summer, you get a nice hot day and there's not much steam on there. I mean, you look down and it just, it's deep. Um, I wish I knew how deep this one was. I've heard different things, but uh, with my research, I've never found a definitive answer on how deep it is. I've heard that it's probably up to 40 feet deep. I don't know for sure. Uh, it is it is hot. It's 160 degrees, uh, at least the average temperature. I'm pretty sure that I've, um, I, I always bring a temperature gun. I got kids and kind of check temperatures. And I'm pretty sure that I've had it quite a bit hotter than that. I've always thought it was closer to 190 degrees. Looking online, um, there's quite a few sources out there. The Park Service does say it's 160 degrees. There's other websites that say it's closer to 200 degrees. However hot it is, it is hot. It is hot enough that you do not want to touch that water. Uh, 199 is is boiling point in Yellowstone. So anyways, uh, Sapphire Pool, it's beautiful. It's big. It's it, it's just, it's a neat pool. You don't have the, the color directly around it because you just walked up from its bacteria mat where that water runs off. So incredible view of a great hot spring there. And, you know, one of the things I do at this point, actually, from the parking lot, is I'm thinking about Jewel Geyser. Because right after Sapphire, not very far, you go up to this intersection where this loop is. And I go straight, and I go right out in front of Jewel Geyser. And so what I'm doing in the parking lot is watching. And all the way up to Sapphire, watching for Jewel Geyser. Because it goes off about every 10 minutes. So I'm trying to hit it just right, so we just have to wait maybe a minute when we walk up there and it goes off. So that's that's something I love about Jewel Geyser. I mentioned that, that you know, that here you have this, this geyser that's, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet uh, away from the boardwalk. The water's going to burst up into maybe 15 feet burst, and it does that three or four times. And it does that about every 10 minutes. I kind of use 10 minutes as a general rule of thumb. Um, I know some guys use seven. You know, if you look it up, they're online. It'll say anywhere from three to 12 minutes, I think. But I like to use 10 minutes. It's kind of an easy number. So I can look at my watch and it's eight, 
16, okay, 826, I need to be there or before that. And so as this geyser's getting ready, you can start hearing it, then you see a little bit of water, and then it erupts. Being that close to it and hearing it and having that feeling of, you know, there's nobody else around or nobody else that knows it's going off, it's just incredible. Again, it's, it's this natural feature and this water shooting out of the ground. And, you know, Old Faithful is incredible, and these big geysers are cool. But there's something about the proximity to this geyser and, you know, just that it goes every 10 minutes is, I think, is pretty neat. Where Jewel Geyser gets its name from is if you watch it go up and splash, you'll notice the way that the water is typically splashing is, you know, if you're kind of right in front of it, kind of at the sign looking at it, kind of to the left, on that left-hand side and to the south a little bit, there's these deposits. And it look like little jewels. So as that water splashing is depositing the mineral that I've talked about and making the, the jewel shapes is what they somebody thought they looked like. And that's where Jewel Geyser gets its name. Now, if you go up just a little ways up the boardwalk to Shell Spring, I'll point those out and I'll go up to Shell Spring. I like to go up there because Shell Spring you can look down on and it's, you know, sometimes it's empty. There's no water in it. It's this little... I guess you could say. And you can see those deposits a lot better right there, a better view of what these deposits when the splashing occurs, what it looks like. Shell spring has kind of goes into different cycles. On the active phase, it'll it'll slowly fill the pool and it's doing this, it's bubbling, gurgling water's coming up. It'll have kind of a long eruption where it's going out. I mean, it's not going 15 feet up in the air. It's kind of shooting out some and it's overflowing. And the pool drains and will remain quiet again for a while. And it kind of goes in this cycle. And so, you know, I've seen it back and forth while I've been there. And, you know, the water here, this is a hotter spring. It's about 196 degrees. So it's just under that boiling temperature. So, you know, if that's active, I can always watch for that one. And then from there, I keep on going up. From here, I go over to Avoca Spring. Uh, for a long time, I was not sure how to uh, pronounce that. You're looking at it and think, um, uh, actually, that's one I looked up a while ago. And so it's Avoca Spring. And it's it's almost like it has this trench and then separate has a couple different holes and there's a, a spring right there. It's it's pretty steady going pretty constantly. And every once in a while it has kind of bigger bursts coming out. Uh, this is another hot one. It's about 193 degrees here. And it's, it's very active. There's a lot of noise coming from it. One of the things I like to point out is you have the, the spring, you know, you kind of have this trench and to the right, you have more of a pool. And right there, there's this ledge kind of that goes over this pool. And I would like to point that out to remind people how sensitive the ground is that, you know, you don't want to walk off the boardwalk. You don't know what you're walking on. People that do go out there and build the boardwalks and things, they're trained, they know what they're doing, they have the right equipment. Anyways, there's this ledge, and if you were to walk on that, you would fall into this hot spring. That's just kind of a reminder. I show people, you don't know what's under the ground, and you can kind of see that overlay there. Pretty steady one. And then from here, you go out, and you keep on kind of going clockwise around the loop, and there's a left-hand turn, and that left-hand turn is going to take you out to Mystic Falls. If you just walk a little bit out to where the boardwalk actually ends to the trail, there's West Geyser. I like taking people, like I mentioned, this is my, you know, of, of the three, kind of my major highlights there. I mentioned Sapphire Pool. I mentioned Jewel Geyser. And this is the other one, the West. 
That is because of the colors of the spring. This one's a little different. You have that, you know, the overpowering blue, really neat one. But, and you get a lot of those in the park, those neat blue deep pools. But this one's a smaller pool and it's has kind of this lighter green with yellow around the edges. So it's just kind of a different color scheme, uh, different color pool than what you will see a lot of these major geysers basins in the park. And it has some old, it has some debris and old logs that have been covered with that mineral over time. So it's one that uh, I would I would stop by and see. It's one that I like. And this is kind of, I give people two options at the, this point. I say, okay, we can either go back and the way that we came kind of has the most activity and, tr- you know, try to hit Jewel Geyser again, especially if it's cold. Hey, let's just go straight back. Or you can continue to loop around. And if you continue to loop around, you're going to hit uh, Mustard Spring. Mustard Spring, there's two springs right there. There's one of them is more active than the other one. And it's an active geyser. It has two to three minute intervals or so. It's about 183 degrees and it'll go up and it starts splashing pretty good too. But while you're here at Mustard Spring, if you look out kind of away from the Mustard Spring, across the, the boardwalk, there's another little geyser and I don't even know the name of it. It's going off occasionally. And as you continue to wrap around here, yeah, I believe you have... Uh, get it wrong black pearl some other features that you know aren't as prominent as those that i've that i've mentioned so those are the main hot springs main features here that as you as you walk around biscuit basin oh i almost forgot you know biscuit basin where did biscuit basin get its name so i i do need to mention that because i've I mentioned the different um, feature the deposits at jewel and and shell and so what happened is and say the mountain men or early explorers or whoever, there was some features in this area that looked like biscuits. And so that's where it got its name from. And those features are no longer there. After the earthquake in 1959, huge earthquake, and I believe it was actually sapphire pools had an eruption that was violent enough that washed those away and took those away. So those those deposits are no longer there, but the name still stands Biscuit Basin. So those are the main features there, although I do want to mention one other. I never knew the name of it until some research this year. I believe it's called Island Geyser. Let's say you're walking across the bridge going up into the geyser basin. Off to your left-hand side, there's an island out in the river. Or as you're driving south to Old Faithful, look to your right, there's an island out in the river, and it has a geyser on it. And so that is Island Geyser, seems like a proper name for it. And I really don't know a whole lot about Island Geyser. That's one that you really can't uh, see from, I mean, you're, you're looking at it from a distance, you're looking out in the river, you know, towards this little island. But I just, I do know that it is, it's pretty active. You'll go through and it's spitting up or I don't know what the proper term for a geyser, I guess erupting is what I should say, spitting up. I don't know where that came from. It's erupting quite often. It's spurting up in the ground and it's uh, it's pretty neat to see. And so, you know, that's kind of the basics of Biscuit Basin. I do want to mention a couple other things. Um, just to follow up one, I mentioned this This is the area where you have the trail out to Miskatik Falls. Uh, Mystic Falls is a two and a half mile round trip, so not too far. It's a pretty easy hike in general. It's a little bit of elevation gain, but it's a nice 
easy hike to do, good family one. That being said, like I always say with hiking, you want to carry bear spray, hike with other people. And so that's a nice, nice hike to do. And then going the other direction, there's going the other way, I believe it's the Artemisia Trail, which will take you into the Old Faithful area. So there's a whole series of hot springs and geysers that you can do along this trail. Be careful along that trail just because there's uh, social trails, you know, some trails that may get a little too close to some of these hot springs and geysers. So just be mindful of that. There's some nice overviews there. You know, along that trail, there's a couple overviews that kind of look back at Biscuit Basin. And then, you know, you can go into to Morning Glory and then all the way, you know, Castle Geyser and Old Faithful visiting that whole geyser basin. And I'll also mention the trail... If you go just south of Biscuit Basin, there's a trail just south of the river, and it goes both directions. It'll go out towards the Mystic Falls one, and it's part of the Continental Divide Trail. But then the trail going the other direction towards the Old Faithful area. So uh, if you're driving south you know, on that left-hand side, which is the east side, that trail will actually take you into Daisy Geyser. Couple, you know, there's some good trails in this area that are are worth visiting from the the Biscuit Basin area. But uh, that's kind of the basics of Bis- Biscuit Basin. It's a smaller trail. It's it's a you know it's a great family friendly one. It's, I mentioned it's one I really like in the winter time. It can be a little icy in a couple of places, like most of the geyser basins in Yellowstone. So with that, let's. Uh, Let's talk about how you can get into this giveaway for these these bags. So what I've done is I've created a page. And if you go to the, the show notes and the link that I'll have for, for this episode, you will see a link to enter this contest. And so what you need to, to do to enter is you'll need to follow the podcast, which I hope you're already doing. So follow the podcast, visit uh, Think Tank's website, take a look there. And then once you do those two, you have a couple other ways that you can enter. You can visit the Tight to Nature's Facebook page. There's one that says keyword, you know, get a podcast keyword. And so what that allows you to do is get two extra entries for already listening to the podcast. So that keyword is Old Faithful. So just type in Old Faithful and you'll get two extra entries. And so this is going to run for two weeks. It starts today and it's going to run until December 1st. Then on December 8th, I'm going to announce the winners. So it's going to go on for two weeks. I appreciate, and this is, a, you know, appreciation for listening, for tuning in. And I hope that, uh, you know, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, reach out, say hi, let me know how you enjoy the podcast. You know, if you have time, send a review out. So thanks again for listening to Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. Thanks for listening to Tied to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tied to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.